And a one, two, three, four. Welcome everybody to the LifePoint Table Talk podcast. My name is Jason, and we are continuing today with our Bible in a year reading. Coming in at week 36. I can't even believe it. Year is flying by so quickly. And it has just been a a joy and an honor to read through the scriptures with y'all. And uh, thank you for tuning in. And uh, man, awesome. We just finished up the Psalms, which is just incredible. And this week, um, it's going to be fantastic, man. Uh, we're getting into the Proverbs. We're going to get some wise counsel. Some instructions on skilled living. <laughs> we also got 1 Corinthians. We're going to finish up that book today, I believe. And um, so much good stuff to uh, go through. So again, we're at week 36, we got Proverbs 1 through 16 and 1 Corinthians 13 through 16. So let's jump into this, shall we? I'm flying solo today. Really excited to uh, go through these scriptures with y'all. So let's get going. We've got uh, Proverbs 1, Introduction to the Proverbs. Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To learn wisdom, moral instruction, wise counsel. To receive moral instruction in skilled living. Yes, please. With righteousness, justice, and equity. Or the straight path. Interesting they chose equity. Um, to impart cleverness to the morally naive. This is the NET. They use some interesting verbiage sometimes. Uh, but I, I like the NET because uh, I like the notes. They give you a little extra there with the notes. It's easily accessed. Um, so let's see. Um, introduction to the themes of the books. Fearing the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Uh, that's a huge one. Um, you'll hear that often. And um, um, really, really fascinating to me. Fearing the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Um, I don't know. I feel like um, fear is an interesting word to use there. Um, I think you could say respect, acknowledging reverence, um, <laughs> keeping in mind. Um, fear works too, though. Fear works too. Um, in terms of, a, uh, I think, a, a healthy fear of taking it seriously, uh, taking the Lord seriously. That's the beginning of knowledge. Uh, that's how to frame things. Uh, fools despise moral instruction. Listen, child, to your father and mother. An admonition to avoid unjust riches. 
child, don't listen to sinners enticing you to come with them, to ambush innocent people, to seize their wealth. Child, don't go their way. They will end up ambushing themselves. There's that theme that always shows up, evil uh, falling in on itself. Uh, It's like baked in um, justice and wrath on some level is just baked in. It's just in the code of uh, the planet. They will end up ambushing themselves. Unjust ways take away the life of those who take its path. Warning against discerning wisdom. Wisdom calls out in the street throughout the city. How long will you simpletons love being naive? How long will you mock? How long will you hate knowledge? You should listen to me, but you refuse to listen. I reached out, but no one listened. You neglect my advice. I will laugh at your disaster, and now I will mock your deeds. Then you will seek me, but not find me, because they hated moral knowledge. They will eat the fruit of their ways. Listening to their own counsel, their own waywardness will kill them. But the one who listens to me will live in security, safe from harm. Chapter 2. Benefits of Seeking Wisdom My Child so a lot of this parent to child uh, through here speaking. Uh, Turn your heart to understanding. Seek it like silver and treasure. Then you will know how to fear God. I like that. N- not just fearing God, knowing how to fear God. We need instructions. God gives wisdom. There it is. He stores up counsel for the upright. Then you will understand righteousness and justice. Moral knowledge will be attractive. Deliver you from wicked, dark ways. Those who rejoice in doing evil to deliver you from adulterous woman. That theme, the adulterous woman's a theme in here quite a bit. Who flatters and ignores the marriage covenant made before God. Her house is near death. Her path is haunted. None who go in returned. So walk away and keep on the path of righteousness. Integrity will remain, but the wicked will be removed. Chapter 3. Exhortation to seek wisdom and walk with the Lord. My child, don't forget my teaching. They will give long, full life. I like that. Long, not just long life, full life. And well-being. We need some well-being. Bind mercy and truth to you. Write it on your heart. That's one of my favorite phrases. Write it on your heart. Reminds me of like uh, getting a tattoo or something. Um, Get tatted up on your soul. You will find favor and understanding before God and people. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Don't rely on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways. Acknowledge, I don't know if that's a phrase a lot of folks would use, but it means knowing him, obeying him, and everything you do. Uh, Similar to fearing him, keeping him in mind in everything you do. Putting it through that filter of honor toward the Lord in everything, everything we do. Uh, Don't think of yourself as wise. Fear the Lord and turn from evil. This will bring healing to your body. That's really awesome. Uh, 
healing to your body. I think that includes your mind. The inner self. It says that, and, and the inner self. Honor the Lord from your wealth with first fruits. Your barn and wine vats will then be full. Don't despise discipline. Don't loathe rebuke. The Lord loves those who he disciplines. Um, some reason that one's not real popular. I don't know why. The Lord loves those who he disciplines. Love, man. Like a father to his son that he delights in. It's the truth. It's the truth. Chapter 4. Admonition to follow righteousness and avoid wickedness. Listen to your father's instruction, children. Don't forget it. When I was a child, my father said to me, Keep my commands and you will live. Acquire wisdom and understand. Don't forget or turn from my words. Wisdom will protect you. Whatever you acquire, acquire wisdom. Hold her up in esteem and she will hold you up. She will honor you. Wisdom's almost always um, female here. She. Interesting. I will guide you in the upright path. When you walk, you won't stumble. Hold and protect my instructions. Don't follow the wicked. The righteous path will be brighter and brighter. The wicked way is gloomy. They stumble. My words are life and healing. Guard your heart, for it is the source of all life. Remove perverse speech from your mouth. Look straight ahead. Make a path before your feet. Don't turn right or left. Chapter 5. Admonition to avoid seduction to evil. Pay attention, child. The lips of the adulterous woman are like honey. Her words are smooth like oil, but bitter in the end. She leads to death. She is lost but doesn't know it. Keep yourself far from her. Don't go near her house. Don't give your years to a cruel person. Lest the strangers devour your strength. And work for another man's house. You'll be the slave. In the end you will groan when your body is wasted away. You'll say, I hated discipline. I didn't obey. I almost came to total ruin. Drink from your own well. He's talking about your own wife. May you rejoice in your wife, captive to her love, but not captive to adulterous woman. The Lord sees all a person's ways. The wicked will be captured by his, what? His own sin, because there's no discipline. Chapter 6. Admonition and warning against dangerous and destructive acts. If you have made a pledge or a loan to someone and are entrapped now by your neighbor, go humbly and appeal to your neighbor. Don't sleep till you free yourself from debt. Like a gazelle from a snare, look at the way the ants work. It prepares and works without even having orders. That's one of Dave, the Dave Ramsey's favorites. So true. Do not sleep. Get free everything you got get out how long will you sleep sluggard rise up a little sleep a little slumber a little folding of the hands I like that a little folding of the hands 
Your poverty will come like an armed man and rob you. He plans to do you evil. Don't take that nap. Wicked man says evil things. He thinks, he winks. He uses one. He winks with his eyes, but plots evil in his heart. He will be broken in an instant. There are seven things the Lord hates. That part reads funny. It says there's six. Well, no, there's actually seven. Seven. Haughty eyes, pride, arrogance is number one. Number two, lying. Number three, hands that shed innocent blood. Number four, hearts that make evil plans. Number five, feet that run to evil. Number six, false witness, a lying witness. And number seven, a person who spreads discord with family members. Interesting. Um, I do think there are certain things that extra extra aggravate the Lord. He is a person that would make sense. His personality has certain certain things. Pride comes up a lot. Arrogant. He is not a fan of pride. Cause all kinds of problems. Uh, more than we probably know since ancient times. Child, listen to your father and mother. Bind them in your heart. They will guide you and command the commandments are like a lamp. Discipline leads to life, keeping you from the evil woman. Don't lust after her beauty. You can't hold fire close and not get burned. I like that. You can't hold fire close and not get burned. You play with fire, you're going to get burned. If a thief is hungry, people understand. But, if he is caught, he still has to repay seven times over and maybe even lose his house. Um, I'm em- empathetic of some things, but um, it seems the payment is still the same. An adulterer lacks sense. He destroys his own life. Chapter 7, Admonition to Avoid the Wiles of the Adulteress. My child, devote yourself to my words. Keep my commands inside. As your most prized possession, write it on your heart. Call wisdom your sister. Keep away from the adulterous woman who flatters. I see the naive from my window. I like this part. Passing by on the corner on the way to her house. The woman came out to meet him, dressed like a prostitute. She grabbed him and kissed him, invited him in to eat. Come, let's make love, for my husband is gone on a journey. He went into her house like an ox going to the slaughter, like a bird into a trap. He doesn't know it will cost him his life. Sobering. Sobering. Wake up, my friend. Don't let your heart turn aside. He has brought many down. Her house is a grave that leads to death. Chapter 8. The Appeal of Wisdom. Doesn't wisdom call out? Beside the city gate, she cries out. I call out all to all mankind. You are naive. Listen to wisdom. You fools need understanding. I love that. You speak the truth. Or sorry, I speak the truth. It is clear to the upright. Receive my instruction as worth more than gold. Fear the Lord. Hate evil. Through my wisdom, kings rule. 
long-lasting wealth honors me. My fruit is better than gold. I walk in righteousness. The Lord made me at the beginning of his works. This is fascinating, this whole deal. Uh, it's like wisdom is a, a personality, a being that was made. From eternity I am made. Before oceans and mountains and earth, I was there when he made the heavens. I was there beside him as a master craftsman. Listen to me, children. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens. The one who finds me finds life. The one who misses me brings harm on himself. All who hate me love death. I was joking with Tyler. I said that sounds like a uh, some kind of album title or something. All who hate me love death. Chapter 9. The Consequences of Accepting Wisdom or Folly. Wisdom built her house and set her table and sent out servants to call out to the city. All who are naive and need understanding, come here. Abandon your foolish way and follow the way of understanding. Whoever corrects a worse, wicked person gets abuse. Don't correct a mocker. They will hate you. Correct a wise person and they will love you. Teach the wise and they will become even more wise. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Acknowledge and seek the Holy One. That is understanding. Um, that's, that's the uh, firm foundation right there. The whole deal. Uh, beginning of wisdom is fear for the Lord. Putting, putting our worldview and... Um, through the filter of honor toward the Lord, respect and fear. Because of me, you will live long. Being wise is to your advantage. And something about that, the um, fear of the Lord, it's the part of it is the realization of the long game. I call it the long game. A lot of the what is talking about the wicked and the adulterous, these are short-term pleasures which end up in long-term uh, suffering. The way the Lord is often short, short-term suffering for long-term uh, joy. It's the opposite. Will it, being willing to make the sacrifice now uh, for the Lord, for the fear of the Lord, or, or follow Him, knowing that the long term, the long term is uh, joy in life. Folly is brash and knows nothing. She calls out to the city, "Turn to me." Stolen water is sweet, hmm. but they don't realize the dead are there. Her guests go into the grave. Chapter ten: The first collection of solemn. Solomonic Proverbs, the Proverbs of Solomon. Uh, these are fascinating because just the way he writes, it's just like thing after thing. This is what's up from Solomon. He's going to tell you. Treasure gained by wickedness does not profit. Righteous, that's the long game. You can get it, but in the long term, it will not be worth it. Righteousness delivers from death. The lazy person becomes poor. 
The one who works becomes wealthy. The one who sleeps in harvest is shameful. Blessings are on the righteous. The wicked have violence behind their words. Hmm. I, I really like that. I think that's so happening like crazy right now. There's violence behind the words people are using, even in, when they're really nice words. The memory of righteousness is a blessing. The memory of the wicked will rot. The wise accept instruction. The one who... The one with integrity lives securely. The perverse will be found out. You can't hide anything, friends. The one who speaks foolish will come to ruin. The righteous is a fountain of life. Hatred stirs, stirs up dissension. Love covers transgressions. That is uh, beautiful. Heeding instruction leads to life. When words abound, transgression is inevitable. <laughs> I love that. Uh, but the one who restrains his words is wise. The teaching of the right feed many. The fool dies from lack of sense. The wicked enjoy schemes. What the wicked fear will come on them. When the storm comes, the wicked are swept away. But the righteous, righteous are an everlasting foundation. Fearing the Lord prolongs life. The hope of the righteous is joy. The wicked will not inhabit the land. The speech of the righteous bears fruit. The righteous know how to speak pleasingly. Hmm. Chapter 11. The Lord abhors dishonesty. After pride comes disgrace. Wisdom comes with humility. Integrity guides them. Wealth does not profit in the day of wrath. But the righteous will be delivered from death. That's that long-term plan. Eventually, there's some kind of reckoning coming, and wealth ain't going to cut it. When the wicked person dies, his expectations and hopes perish. Speech of the wicked destroy their neighbor. When the righteous do well, the city rejoices. When the wicked die, there is joy. It's true. The city is blessed by the righteous. The one who slanders others reveals secrets. But the trustworthy conceal the matter. Um, I find that really interesting. That comes up several times. Um, uh, that kind of uh, pr protection, protecting, trustworthy, concealing the matter. Um, there's obviously some kind of right way to do that, to, to respectfully not go put everybody's business out there. Um, that ain't cool. When there is no guidance, a nation falls. Yes, yes, that is true. But success with many counselors. Whoever avoids shaking hands is secure. A generous woman gains honor. Ruthless men seize wealth. The wicked earn wages from deceit. Be assured that the evil person will not be unpunished. Let's say that again. Be assured that the evil person will not be unpunished. Uh, there's a sense, long term, nobody's getting away with anything. Um, part of me is excited about that, and uh, it's sobering. Um the descendants of the righteous escape harm. 
that's pretty incredible. We we see that uh, descendants of the righteous and descendants of of wicked. You can inherit certain blessings and curses from the past. One person is generous and gets even more wealth. One person withholds more and they should then they should and comes more poverty. The generous will be enriched. The one who gives water will be satisfied. The righteous pr- produce life like a tree. If the righteous are paid on earth, how much more will the wicked? Chapter 12. The one who loves discipline loves knowledge. The Lord condemns wicked schemes. The words of the wicked shed innocent blood. There it is again. Words actually shedding blood. Violent words. The wicked household will be overthrown. The righteous will stand. Better a person of humble standing who works for himself than one who pretends to be somebody important but has no food. The evil are ensnared by their own words. A fool's annoyance is known at once, but prudence conceals dishonor. A faithful witness tells what is right. Reckless speech is like swinging a sword. The one who lies only lasts for a moment. Those who promote peace have joy. The diligent will rule. The sloth will be in forced labor. Anxiety weighs a person's heart down, but encouragement brings joy. That's the truth. That is the truth. The righteous are cautious in friendship. Hmm. Personal possessions are precious to the diligent. The path of the righteous, the path of righteousness, leads to life. Chapter 13, a wise son accepts his father's discipline. The treacherous desire violence. The one who guards his words guards his life. However, the talkative will come to ruin. The sluggard craves but gets nothing. The diligent are satisfied. The wealthy can be ransomed, meaning uh, like extorted for their wealth, but the poor are not threatened. More money, more problems. The quick wealth goes fast. Insight wins favor. 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 A desire fulfilled is sweet to the soul. Calamity pursues sinners. Prosperity rewards the righteous. The one who spares the rod hates his child. The one who loves his child disciplines him. Solomon was pro-spanking. The righteous has food to satisfy. The wicked are empty. Chapter 14. A wise woman builds her house. A foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. Where there are no ox, there are no feeding troughs to clean. But many oxen bring a great harvest. If you walk with the foolish person, you don't understand wise counsel. Watch your friends. Fools mock making things right. Hmm. There is a way that seems right to a person, but it leads to death. Even laughter can hurt. At the end of grief is joy. The naive will believe anything. A person with a quick temper will do foolish things. 
The fear of the Lord is like a life-giving fountain. The one who oppresses the poor insults his creator. Honor him by showing favor to the needy. The king shows favor to the wise, but wrath on the shameful. Chapter 15. A gentle, a gentle person turns away anger. Harsh words stir up wrath. The wise treat knowledge correctly. Fools speak folly. The Lord sees everything, evil and good. Speech that heals is life-giving. Perverse speech breaks the spirit. Fools reject their father's discipline. The Lord abhors wicked sacrifices. Severe discipline is for the one who goes astray. The Lord sees hell and Sheol. How much more does he see humans? I like this. A joyful heart makes the face cheerful, but a painful heart, the spirit is broken. Better is a little when they fear the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. Better a meal of vegetables where there is love than a fatted ox where there is hatred. A quick temper stirs up dissension. The way of the sluggard is through thorns. Plans fail without counsel. The path of the upright keep him from hell. The Lord tears down the house of the pride of the proud. The greedy bring trouble on his house. The fear of the Lord provides wise instruction. Before honor comes humility. That's huge. Before honor comes humility. That's like a universal law. Chapter 16. Man plans in his heart, but God makes it happen. All people think their ways are right. Commit your work to the Lord. I love that. And your plans will be established. The Lord works everything for his own end. The Lord abhors the arrogant. Through love and truth, iniquity is appeased. Through fearing God, one avoids evil. That's, that's pretty incredible. Through love and truth, iniquity is appeased. Love and truth. That's like the, the cross right there. When a person's ways please God, even his enemies will be reconciled. Better to have a little with righteousness than to have abundance without justice. A person's plan, a person plans, but the Lord directs his steps. Honest scales are from the Lord. It's like business. Honest businesses. Thank you, Lord. A king's wrath is like a messenger of death. The highway of the righteous turns from evil. Pride goes before instruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. It is better to be lowly in spirit with affliction than spoils with the proud. The one deals wisely in matters finds success. Pleasant words are like honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. There is a way that seems right to a person, but it leads to death. The wicked dig up evil. A perverse person spreads gossip. It's another theme, gossip comes up over and over again, putting people's stuff out there. 
a wicked person digs up evil. A violent person entices his neighbor. I like this. Gray hair is like a crown. It is attained by righteousness. I'm on my way. Better to be slow in anger than a mighty warrior. The one who controls his temper is better than one who captures a city. We throw dice, but every decision is from the Lord. Awesome. That is our OT reading, um, Proverbs. Goodness gracious, so much, so dense. He's just, he's just laying it down uh, with... Uh, um, just uh, one after another of 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 just rich, uh, rich truth bombs on us today. Thank you, Solomon. Uh, awesome! I can't wait to uh, keep going in the proverbs. So let's jump over to our New Testament. We got First Corinthians thirteen through sixteen. All right, here we go. 13. Remember, this is Paul writing to the Corinthians church. If I speak in tongues of men and angels, but I don't have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. It's one of my favorite chapters. The love chapter. If I prophesy, I know all mysteries and knowledge and have all faith so I can remove mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing. If I give away everything I own and if I give over my body in order to boast, but I don't have love, I receive no benefit. Love is patient, love is kind, it is not envious. Love does not brag, it is not puffed up, it is not rude, it is not self-serving, it is not easily angered or resentful. It is not glad about injustice. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Prophecy will be set aside. Tongues will cease. Knowledge set aside. When what is perfect comes, the partial is set aside. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought and reasoned like a child. But when I became an adult, I set aside childish ways. For now we see in a mirror indirectly. But then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, as I have been fully known. And now these remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Um, I love that that is the heart of our... Um, um, the heart of Christianity. It's right there. Love. Um, I, I mean, it, it's fascinating that the the things we can do that he's mentioning, prophesying, prophesying, having knowledge, having faith to move mountains, giving to the poor, even laying down your life, you can do all of these things without love. That's sobering. Very sobering. Speak in tongues. Speak, in, speak the language of angels. 
But love never ends. It's actually the heart. It's the life, lifeblood of um, God, really. That's what's at the heart of the whole deal. So <laughs> thankful for that. So thankful for that. That's really what it's all about. And um, that should make us very happy. Chapter 14, Prophecy in Tongues. Pursue love and be eager for spiritual gifts, especially that you can prophesy. People speak in tongues. When people speak in tongues, they don't speak to people but to God. No one understands. He speaks mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks for people, for the people's strength and encouragement. The one who speaks in tongues builds himself up. That's a big one there. Builds himself up. Prophecy builds up the church. I wish you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you prophesied. Unless there is interpretation, prophecy is greater than tongues. If I came speaking in tongues, how could um, how could I be of help without teaching in prophecy? You need uh, to understand. You need notes to understand an instrument. If I don't know the language, it doesn't help me. Since you are eager for the manifestations of the Spirit, seek to have order to strengthen the church. Have some order, Corinthians. If you speak in tongues, pray for interpretation. My spirit prays when I speak in tongues. I pray with my spirit and also my mind. I think that's incredible. Your spirit praying. I will sing praise with my spirit and also with my mind. I love that. Uh, praising through the spirit and the mind. How can others join in thanksgiving if they can't understand? I'm thankful I speak in tongues more than all of you. Brother Paul seems to be pretty pro-tongues there. But five words are more instructing than 10,000 tongues. Don't be children in your thinking. Be mature in thinking. And he quotes Isaiah 28. By people with strange tongues and by lips of strangers I will speak to his people. Yet not even in this way they will listen. Tongues are a sign for unbelievers. Prophecy for believers. If an unbeliever comes and everyone is speaking in tongues, they will think you have lost your minds. But if they come and see prophecy, he will be convicted. The secret of his heart disclosed. He will say, God is really among you. When you come together, each has a song, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, and an interpretation. All be done to strengthen the church. If there is a tongue, someone must interpret. It should be one after another, and if no interpretation, he should be silent, speaking to himself and God. So there are two different modes of tongues. There's one for the church body, and one for yourself and God. You can all prophesy one after another and be encouraged. God is not disorderly, but peaceful. In all churches, this is a popular one, in all churches the women should be silent. Let them be submissive. Let them ask their husbands at home if they want to know something. <laughs> be eager to prophesy and speak tongues. And to speak in tongues. He's actually pro both. Pro both, but he's not a big fan of women speaking. Uh, and do everything in a decent and orderly manner. Um, yeah, I don't know what to do 
totally with that um, women should be silent, let them be submissive in the <laughs> they can't even ask a question till they get home um I don't know I don't do that um but so thankful for some guidance and orderly orderliness uh that Paul is talking about, but at the same time he is affirming the gifts here over and over to me um affirming them and uh as as a uh a part of the Christian walk in the church um and then giving direction so it doesn't uh, go sideways chapter 15 Christ's resurrection this is so big I want to be clear the gospel I preach to you on which you stand by which you're being saved it's the whole deal friends that's what we're standing on. It was passed on as first importance that Christ died for our sins according to scriptures. This is awesome. He appeared to Peter in the twelve, then to five hundred, many who are still alive, then to James and the apostles, and then he also appeared to me. I am the least of the apostles because I, was, I per- persecuted the church. I like this, but his grace was not in vain because I work harder than all of them. (laughs) If we preach Christ's resurrection, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is futile and your faith is empty. We are false witnesses. If Christ is not raised, your faith is useless. If you are still in your sins... The dead are perished. We only have hope in this life in Christ. We should be pitied more than anyone. Um, this is so uh, helpful to me in a, in a sense um, because there's so many different um, things you can focus on sometimes. Uh, in Christianity and uh, what you're supposed to do. And um, uh, there is a priority here over this, specifically Christ being raised from the dead. It Like the whole, everything hinges on this one thing. And um, that's where the real hope is. Um it's interesting, he's talking about love and faith and moving mountains and um, uh, prophecy and tongues and all these um, giving to the poor, uh, even sacrificing your own body, all these, all these things. Um, but if this isn't for real, uh, it doesn't really matter <laughs> to me. <laughs> Um, as, um, sometimes I've, uh, around here we say this thing, it's, it's the better, the Christian life is the better life. My, my father would say that even if it wasn't true, I would follow it. And I agree. I think there's a, cause there's, be, because it is true. <laughs> there's wisdom. There's wisdom in it. It is a better life. But I agree with Paul here. If, if Christ isn't for real, 
if he wasn't raised from the dead, uh, it changes everything. It just does. It's not for real. Um, you can you can get a lot of principles and um, uh, ways to live a, a healthy healthy life um, elsewhere, outside of church, somewhere else. But uh, you know, without Jesus, you can have principles in your life without Jesus. What I'm trying to say. But this part about Christ being raised from the dead, this is this is the um, deal breaker for Christianity because uh, no matter what principles we, we enact or what we do um, we're going to have to deal with death eventually and that's his whole point being raised from the dead it's a, the, the death the enemy of death which he talks about later uh, that's, that's going to blot everything out and our hope our hope is all hanging on this Christ being resurrected deal. That's that's the deal. If this is for real, it changes everything. It literally changes everything. And if it's not for real, I agree with Brother Paul here. Uh, we should be pitied more than anyone. Uh, and I love it. Okay, okay, we'll keep going here. But he, he switches. But... Christ has been raised from the dead. Death came through one man. The resurrection comes through one man. When Christ comes, then comes the end. When he has brought an end to all the rule and authority and power. This is interesting, too, because uh, is there some so some level of uh, other uh, enemy authority happening right now? He must reign until he brings all his enemies under his feet. That means they're not. The last enemy is death. That's what I'm talking about. He has put everything in subjection under his feet. Psalm 8 and 6. What will those who do who are baptized for the dead? That's a whole interesting rabbit trail. They were baptizing people uh, kind of symbolically for people who didn't get baptized. Um, interesting. If not raised from the dead, why are they baptized? If the dead are not raised, what good has been any of my suffering as ministry? That's how I feel. If we get to the afterlife and it's some other deal, um, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> Everything is hinging on, uh, uh, Christ's resurrection. If the dead are not raised, let us eat, drink, Eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. If the if the afterlife, the, specifically, the resurrection is not real, then it really doesn't matter. Just eat, drink, be merry, for tomorrow you're going to die. Then he goes into this. Bad company corrupts good morals. Interesting sh shift there. I wonder why he went there. That's like straight up out of the Proverbs. Um, and then he says, sober up and stop sinning. He's saying it is real. Get in, get this in your head. It is real. The resurrection is real. So it should be 
uh, kind of on the level of fear of the Lord that the Proverbs kept talking about. Sober up. Some of you have no knowledge of God, and I say it to your shame. Some will say, how? What kind of body will we have? Then he calls them a fool. Fool. What you sow will not come to life unless it dies. This is awesome. I could geek out on this. Jesus himself spoke this. He talked about wheat before he died. What He, he knew what was going to happen. Your body is the seed. There are earthly bodies and heavenly bodies. Stars differ from stars and glory. What? What is sown is perishable, sown in dishonor and raised in glory, sown in weakness, raised in power, sown in nature, raised in the spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is a spiritual body. Genesis 2.7, the first man, Adam, became a living person. That's the living part, the spiritual body. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. The first man from dust, the second man from heaven. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We will not all sleep, but we will be changed in a moment, in a blink of an eye. The trumpet will sound, the dead will raise. We will be changed. The mortal body will... Uh, the mortal body will take on the immortal. Isaiah 13, he quotes, Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law, but the victory is through Jesus Christ. Be firm. Do not be moved. Be outstanding in the work of the Lord, so your labor is not in vain. That, um, it's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, to be honest with you all. Um, because I really do think that's the foundation. Um, and it's easy to get caught up on other things. And um, it's sobering and so um, hopeful. Hopeful. That's the whole deal is this Christ didn't just, not even that he just lived and was a person and, went, you know, the historical Jesus. Uh, but the, the miraculous, this, that's what I'm trying to say, the mystical, <laughs> this otherworldly spiritual uh, event is at the center of our faith. It's not just uh, morals or, or doing good or doing right. Though all, I'm not, all that's great, but there is this literal... Uh, um, otherworldly, real deal intervention of um, uh, uh, you know, powerful. Not it changes everything. If this is for real, it's like the other side, the other side coming here and um, uh, dying and raising Jesus, ra being raised from the dead. Uh, everything hinges right there on that mystical, <laughs> wonderful event. And we stand firm on that. Chapter 16, a collection to aid Jewish Christians. And remember, Paul was 
this whole thing in Acts was a whole big deal for him to. There was like a famine of some sort, and the, the Jews in Jerusalem were struggling, and so he decides to take up an offering. It's this big long deal for him to get there and uh, give it to the Christian Jews in Jerusalem. It actually, kind of backfires, and he gets in trouble, and it and it uh, gets arrested. Uh, with regard to the collection for the saints on the first day of the week, set aside some money, and I will come and I will send your gift to Jerusalem. I will come to you after Macedonia and Ephesus. If Timothy comes, see he has nothing to fear. He does the Lord's work. Let no one treat him with contempt. I encourage Apollos to visit, but he will when he has an opportunity. Stay alert. Firm in the faith, show courage, be strong, do everything in love. Submit to the household of uh, Stephens. I don't know if I'm saying that right. They labor and dedicate to ministry. Recognize people like this. The church in Asia greets you. Let anyone who has no love for the Lord be accursed. <laughs> I think that's funny. Um, our Lord, come. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My love be with all of you in Jesus Christ. And that is the end, friends, of First Corinthians. And, um, man, another super dense, dense book from Brother Paul. Uh, the tone's a little different, but he, he, he goes deep. He goes deep on it. And, um... So much, so, so good. Um, I'll leave you with, with what he said there. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. Stand firm. Stand firm on that knowing Christ's resurrection is real. It really happened. The real deal event, a real supernatural event intervention miraculous otherworldly intervention into our natural plane here um and we stand on that and uh our faith and our hope is in that and uh, uh it's beautiful beautiful we labor not in vain friends stand firm okay uh, thank you so much for tuning in, for um, reading through the Word, and um, continue to check in, and um, we'll be back next week, and we will continue in Proverbs and uh, Corinthians, and uh, week 37 it'll be awesome. Uh, share and give us a good review there on the podcast and we'll see you next week have a great week everybody peace